Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is your Nerds of Steel captain, Dave Schofield, coming at you Thursday morning. We're getting rolling into February. There's the last NFL game coming up this weekend. It's the offseason, yet the season isn't over. The season will be over next week. When we talk next week, the season will officially be over. Everything from the 2022 NFL season will be behind us. Um, the the results will be in. The, the analysis can continue of exactly how everything was across the league. But uh, it, it's crazy because you know the Steelers. This is it's been the off season for a while. Many teams have been the off season for a while. Lots of coaches moving, things of that nature. The Steelers lost Brian Flores this week. I don't have to go into a bunch of news because we have our Steelers update podcast. It's coming up. Oh, it was about five minutes ago, if you're listening to this right when it started. Um, it's just a quick, you know, five, six-minute uh, episode. It's been Jeff Hartman so far. My, it's not always going to be Jeff because he can't do it all the time. And uh, it's we, we know we'll do it during the week. We'll see about on the weekends about how things are going there. But it, it's where you can get your Steelers news uh, before you, you get in the other podcast. That way... All the other podcasts don't have to worry about covering the news right away and things of that nature, unless it's very specific to what it is we're talking about. So uh, I, I honestly, Wednesday morning, I listened to that podcast before I listened to Let's Ride. I just caught that one first, then rolled into Let's Ride, and I was ready to roll. So uh, hopefully if you're listening to this, you've already caught it here uh, this morning on Thursday. And if you haven't, make sure you go check it out. It only takes a few minutes. You can do it while you're drinking your coffee in the morning or whatever it is that you do. I keep trying to come up with different activities that I say you can do it. Uh, um, you know, I don't know why you're putting on your socks. I, uh, hopefully it doesn't take you seven minutes to put on your socks, but, uh, you know, various things there. You could, you could always check the, ch- check that out if you want to get caught up on your Steelers news. So here we go. It's Thursday. It's the second Thursday of February. I know last week I kind of talked about being in January because I, I, I revisited the topics from the week before. And that was a lot of fun uh, having Kyle on the show. If you missed that one, Kyle Christ came on, answered Deontay Johnson yards after catch question uh, by breaking them all down. And very interesting because that was really the the deal. Does moving backwards ever really help? I mean, obviously, I I like the way that he did it, that when when you're coming back to the ball – it's going to carry you backwards a little bit. That's where your momentum's going. Just like if you're running down the field, when a guy intercepts the ball, let, let, perfect example, two defenders running deep down the field. Defender goes up, intercepts the ball. What's going to happen? He's going to run in the wrong direction until his momentum can get turned around. That's what happens with the, a lot of these routes, and especially you don't want to scramble or, or a broken down play where a receiver's coming back uh, to the quarterback, that it's going to carry him that way. But that was not always the case with Deontay Johnson, and that's what we wanted to look at. When he chose to run backwards, and did it ever pay off? And if if you're one yard shy of the first down, and you think you can go backwards a yard in order to gain the two that you need, I get it. If you're one yard shy, come on, just die for it. Just get down and get it. But anyway, so that that was a lot of fun breaking that down with Kyle. If you missed that, make sure you go check that out. But this week, we've got more questions, and as I'm going to say again, I'm ready for questions. I'm ready for questions. And this week, I've got questions that are that are centered around some specific players is what we're going to do. And the first one we're going to do uh, before the break is one that I've done uh, for a couple of years now. Um, 
and and I honestly I was waiting for it. I've been waiting for it. I already had looked up some of the stuff with it. And I'm like, I think I'll probably get that question again. Uh, and if I don't get the question, then that's something that would have filled in if I ever ran out of questions. But luckily, I got the question from the same source. So we'll get to that shortly because I do want to say, fire off the questions. STLR Superfan Dad. That's the Twitter handle. You, if you take that STLR Superfan Dad and add on to the end of it at gmail.com, that's the email address. If you go to the Behind the Steel Curtain website, click on any article that I'm the author and you'll be able to have a link of one way or another to get a hold of me. Ask me those stat questions. Some of them are tough to do. Some of them are great to do. Some of them take time. Some of them I'm ready to do. And I sometimes feel bad. Sometimes I get such a good question that it kind of moves to the front of the line. Hey, if you ask that good of a question, that's what's going to happen. So uh, this is one um, one where someone asked me two questions. I'm going to answer one of them this week. And then someone else who had asked a question before, I'm going to answer the other ones that they had this week. So that's just kind of it's all how it's all falling together. So I'm ready for more questions. Please get them to me. But this week, this one came um, via email because this one came from Dave McLaughlin. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because he asked the question last year. He asked two questions, and I, I'm saving the other one uh, for, for another time because I was ready for this other one. And that was, he said, each of the last two offseason, I've asked you for a statistical comparison to Alex Heisman's career so far and how Bud Dupree started his career with the Steelers. And you have been kind enough to, to use and answer this question on your show. How has Heisman's career progressed into year three compared to Dupree in year four? Because he makes a note, last summer you decided to bypass Dupree's second season due to injury. That's why it's not that Bud Dupree didn't play in his second year. He just didn't play as much. He only played, I think he started six games. I, I just wiped it out to say it, it's a better comparison uh, to do it the other way. Um, and it almost is like gives gave Dupree a little bit of a leg up and see how how if Highsmith could could compare to it. So I am ready to answer this. Oh, he says, always thank you for your time and go Steelers. I had to finish that off there. So we're going to dive into Alex Highsmith here just real quick to kind of give a little bit of an overview from what I was talking about last year. Last year, Alex Highsmith had 74 tackles and six sacks. When comparing that to Bud Dupree in his quote unquote third season, he had six sacks and he had 40 tackles. So Highsmith had more tackles, same number of sacks. Uh, let's see. Dupree had 12 tackles for loss while Highsmith had 15. Um, Highsmith had 15 quarterback hits while Dupree had 12. So they were very similar. Um, uh, Dupree had a fumble recovery and a pass defense. This was in 15 games of, of his third season while Highsmith in 16 games of his third season, he had, he had a, a forced fumble in there. And they were, so they were pretty even. Um, when you look at how, how, um, Pro Football Reference, where I am gathering my numbers, how they look at players, and they have this this thing that, and I'm actually using this for an article series that I have now um, on the website uh, that that they they have something that they call approximate value, and they they have a formula and they plug it in to try to to to, to put a number on how well a player did, you know, kind of regardless of their position. It's not just about game started. It's not just about snaps. It's not just about everything. Um, in tw- in his second season, Alex Highsmith's AV was a seven, and in his 
And in the third season of Bud Dupree, his AV was a seven. So it kind of goes to show that they, they had them very, very similar there. So now let's go ahead and look at 2022. In 2022, Alex Heisman's third year, we're going to compare that to Bud Dupree's 2018. That was his fourth season, where Dupree played in 16 games, started 15, um, where, of course, Highsmith, of course, he started 17, all 17 games for the Steelers. So you have to remember there was an extra game thrown in there. If you want to look at it from a snap standpoint, Highsmith played 941 snaps on defense. This is just defense, not you know, not special teams or anything else. 941 snaps in 2022. Bud Dupree in his fourth season in 2018, uh, trying to trying to check it real real quick here. He played 860, uh, almost messed it up. 868 snaps. 868 snaps to Highsmith's 941. So we're so we're going to look at that, and so keep that in mind a little bit. But Alex Highsmith, just as a reminder, what he did this year. 14 and a half sacks leading the team, 63 tackles, 12 of which were for loss. So he was actually down a little bit in the tackles for loss. He had 20 quarterback hits, which was the most he'd had. He had five forced fumbles, which was tied for the NFL lead, and he had a pass defense. So let's see what Bud Dupree had. Okay, so so there's Highsmith looking with those numbers. Dupree, where his numbers came in in year four, where, sorry, got to make sure I got this. I almost did game four. Sorry, got to do year four. Okay, he had 42 tackles, five and a half sacks. So 42 tackles, five and a half sacks to 63 tackles, 14 and a half sacks. So right there in that department, Alex Highsmith, big jump in year three versus Dupree's year four. Dupree, he had eight tackles for loss and 13 quarterback hits. Eight tackles for loss, 13 quarterback hits. So Highsmith had 12 tackles for loss, 20 quarterback hits. You know, more on both of them, just in case you forgot what I said. Forced fumbles. Dupree's forced fumbles in 2018. He had he had one. He had one. One. One forced fumble, three pass defenses. But he also, Dupree did have an interception that he returned for a touchdown. So that's one thing you got to say there. So he did have more, more pass defense. Uh, Highsmith only had the one pass defense, uh, but he did have the five forced fumbles, which is something you really want to see from, from an edge rusher. So when you look at those kind of things, it seems like Alex Highsmith really started to make a jump on, on Bud Dupree in that regard. Um, I, I, for another number here that some of these are a little – they're by pro football reference, so they're based on their advanced stats. For example, uh, Highsmith had three missed tackles this past season is what he was credited with. Uh, Dupree, I think here in 2018, because that was the first year that they kept advanced stats on, on pro football reference, he also had three missed tackles. So they were very, very similar there. Um, and it's not like they did a lot of – of uh, of defending the pass. I mean, Dupree apparently was targeted 10 times with nine completions in his fourth season where Highsmith was targeted um, eight times with five completions. Not really enough to, to, to say that that's something to really, really to, to put that out there, but let's look at something else because this is where I think it gets interesting. Let's take Alex Highsmith's third year numbers 
And look at Bud Dupree's fifth year in the league. Well, why, why are you looking at the fifth year, Dave? Simple, because the numbers are more similar. That's right. Alex Highsmith was getting to in year three, closer to where Bud Dupree was in year five. Now, remember, the Steelers picked up Bud Dupree's fifth year option. So this was a contract year. They had picked up the option. He got paid a lot for that year. And it was a contract year for him, which then rolled into him them using the um, a franchise tag going on the next year. So Dupree's, and this was his last full season with the Steelers because the the next one was when he he missed the last five games due to injury. But remember, Alex Highsmith, 14 and a half sacks. Bud Dupree, 11 and a half sacks. So Highsmith still had more sacks. And that was Dupree's career high right there, 11 and a half. He had eight the next year, which is a career high, but he didn't get to pro- probably, not a career high, his career next highest amount, probably would have maybe had a career high if he could have finished out the season. Dupree had 68 tackles. Remember, Highsmith had 63. Very similar. Now, when you talk snaps, I told you about Highsmith was 900 and I think 41, 941 snaps. Dupree was up there with a lot more snaps there in his fifth year in the league. His fifth season, remember, this is 2019. He had 980 defensive snaps. So that just goes to show that it's it's pretty much more of a one-to-one comparison. So you want to look at some of these other things. Um, Dupree had 16 tackles for loss and 17 quarterback hits. So 16 and 17. Well, if you remember what I said for Highsmith, he had uh, uh, 12 tackles for loss, but 20 quarterback hits. All right. Uh, the, the five forced fumbles from Highsmith, did, did Dupree come anywhere close to that? He had four. He had four and a fumble recovery in there. So, and once again, he had three passes defense to Heisman's one, but he didn't have any interceptions in that year. So as you can see, it's actually pretty close that when Steelers fans really started to be happy with Bud Dupree by his fifth year, well, remember the Steelers like, oh, they picked up his fifth year option. Well, he played well on that fifth year option. And you know how well he played? Where him and Alex Heismith were very similar. Bottom line, they were very similar. Heisman still had some more sacks. So if you really want to look at it, he's like, yeah, Alex Highsmith definitely outplayed Bud Dupree in year three, outplayed him in Bud Dupree's year four, and actually then was more on par with Bud Dupree's year five. Now let's do one other thing just for fun because I can. Here you go. Let's listen to these third-year stats. You ready? I already told you, Highsmith, 14 and a half sacks. This other player, third year in the league, 14 and a half sacks. Highsmith, tackles, 63. This player, tackles, 55. Games were different, 16 to 17. This other player that I'm that I'm talking about, um, they played 935 snaps to Highsmith's 941. So you're talking a difference of six snaps. These are very very similar right now. Um, then, oh, sorry, I, I lost I lost where I was there real quick. Um, tackles for loss 14 to and quarterback hits 36 for this other player where where Highsmith it was. Uh, 12 and 20. So not quite the same number of quarterback hits. Forced fumbles, five for Highsmith. This mystery player, it was eight. But they also had four fumble recoveries, eight passes defensed, and two interceptions. That person that I'm talking about is the third season of one Trent Jordan Watt, where he was in the Pro Bowl, 
first team all pro and came in third in defensive player of the year voting after being in the pro bowl the year before. So Alex Highsmith's four, you know, 14 and a half sacks was the same that TJ Watt had in his third year. TJ Watt just had a year two that was, that was higher up there. Uh, both players led the NFL and forced fumbles. Watt just happened to have eight to Highsmith's five. So that's pretty interesting to compare it from that standpoint. Now I will tell you this. Um, Pro Football References AV had had TJ Watt at a fourteen in in his third season, where Alex Highsmith was an eight. So just 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 to put something else there, but I think it's interesting that Alex Highsmith had the same number of sacks in his third season that one TJ Watt had in his. So that's kind of something to remember. So uh, of the, to me, Alex Highsmith has kind of made it made me kind of forget about Bud Dupree and especially the amount of time it took Bud Dupree as a first round pick to get going when Alex Highsmith has come in and able to do this in his third season as a third round pick. So there you have it. There's those comparisons. We're going to go ahead and take our break now probably right around the time that we should. When we come back, we're going to make some other comparisons. You know, don't, don't forget too much about TJ Watt because we're going to have to do some stuff there. And also uh, some uh, comparisons with some stuff dealing with one Minka Fitzpatrick. So stick around. We'll be right back. When my phone rings, you found someone new. It's no surprise how life All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, let's roll on here with part two of this Steelers Stat Geek. Whoo, here we are. I really liked doing that again, looking at that with Alex Highsmith. I just thought I'd throw in those TJ Watt numbers just because, because it really, I mean, think about it. If you want to compare year three or even year four of Bud Dupree with Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith was closer to the TJ Watt than he was Bud Dupree. He's in, he's in between them. But if, you know, along the spectrum, I'll, I'll go all nerdy there. He's on the, he's more on the TJ Watt end of the spectrum than he was the Bud Dupree uh, end of the spectrum. If you're just comparing year threes across the board. So that, that's pretty good. Here we go. We're getting back into this. We got Brian Haynes asking another question again. This is Captain Underpants for those of you that are wondering that may listen that are in the live chats. Uh, that's who he is in there. Uh, already answered his question before about um, finishing the season strong and thing like that. So he's got, I'm going to look at two, but I'm going to ask the first one first, because if I run out of time, then we'll, we'll save the other one, but I should have time for both. He said, Minka Fitzpatrick finished with six interceptions. Okay. You know, led the league. Um, and the other guys, he said, cause the guys that are tied with him don't count. So I like that thinking, Brian. He said, he wanted to know about the most prolific interceptors and where I would rank Minka about uh, among them. Well, you know, you can ask me to rank. I'm, you know what I'm going to base it off of? I'm going to base it off the numbers. I'm going to dive into the numbers. So here's what I decided to do with this. Let's go look at some interceptions for the Pittsburgh Steelers all time. And and then to really get there, I'm like, let's let's look at interceptions where, where players had multiple interceptions in the game. Or not in the game, sorry, in a season. In a season. Like Minka Fitzpatrick finished with six for the Steelers. 
Let's look at let's set the standard at five. Five interceptions or more for the Steelers. Now I, I cut it off at 1970, just came from there because there were a lot of interceptions in the NFL across the board before that. I mean, even in the 70s, it was nothing for for quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, to have more interceptions than touchdowns. It's just it's just what it was. Throwing the ball was dangerous. A lot of it was going to get picked off. The rules were very different. Uh, you know, you, you had rules implemented because of players like Mel Blunt. So I decided to go ahead and look at players that that had, for the Steelers, had five interceptions or more in a season. Minka Fitzpatrick has done that twice. He had five in 2019, his first year with the Steelers. Remember, he missed the first two games. Um, and, then, and then he had six in 2022, this past season. So he has two of those seasons. So first let's look at, at – the number, the players that have a lot of numbers of five interceptions or more before we even get into who had the most in a season. So more than there's lots of players that are tied with Mika Fitzpatrick with, with, with two seasons like that. Like for example, Jack Ham had two seasons of having at least five interceptions. Um, Jack Lambert also had two seasons with five interceptions. Chad Scott in the early two, in 2000, 2001 had back-to-back seasons with five interceptions. Um, so those are just some of the, you know, Dwayne Washington was another one that, uh, that, that, that had two. But let's look at the ones that had three or more. There were a number of players and a specific number of players, five players to be exact, that had three or more seasons with at least five interceptions for the Pittsburgh Steelers since 1970. And that would be Glenn Edwards had three. And if you're wondering when those were, I could, I could tell you shortly that they were 70, 73, 74, and 76. Okay. Darren Perry had three seasons. Um, his was 92, 94, 96. Then you have Troy Palomalu had three. That was in 2004, 2008, 2010. Wow. 2004, 2008, and 2010. In other words, all the seasons where the Steelers went to the Super Bowl when Troy Palomalu was on the team. They went to the Super Bowl if he had five or more interceptions in the season. Coincidence? I think not. Uh, Okay, sorry. Uh, Also, you had Mike Wagner. He had three seasons of at least five interceptions. That was in this. This was a little bit spread out: seventy-two, seventy-three, and eighty. Those were his years. Okay, and then um, Rod Woodson. He had three seasons with the Steelers. With the Steelers, ninety, ninety-three, and ninety-six, where he had at least five interceptions. Then there were two players that had four years of at least five interceptions. That would be Dwayne Woodruff. In 82, 84, 85, and 87. And he's one of those guys, all of them were five. He had exactly five in all of them. And Mel Blunt had four. Okay. Uh, he and his were, were in, was, were, his AMR was, were, sorry. Um, 75, 76, 77, and 81 were the ones for Mel Blunt. So there was five with three, two with four, none with five. And Topping them all, one player with six seasons of five interceptions or more. Because to me, this tells me longevity. This says you were doing it and doing it at a good level for a long time. Six seasons, five interceptions or more in each season. That would be one Donnie Shell. 
Donnie Shell had six seasons in which he had five interceptions or more. Those seasons were, I'll try to give them to you in order and not mess it up, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, and 84. So basically every year in there from 79 on. That includes the strike year. All right. So that's pretty impressive that he was able to do that. Um, and when I say the strike year, the year that they missed the most games, the, the, the one later in the 80s, he only missed one game that year. So that's the person who I would say is the standard when it comes to can you do this year in, year out and keep it up across your career? That's the Hall of Famer, Donnie Shell. Now, let's look at specifically who had the most interceptions in a season. In a season. Now, um, I, I should say, I, I mean, I don't think I did here. No, I didn't. I was going to say, did I, I kept this just to two cornerbacks or secondary. No, I didn't. I did not do that. This was anybody. Most interceptions in a year. That came in 1975 when Mel Blunt had 11. That's the double digits. Now, there's other ones that are in double digits that were before 1970. I will tell you that. There, there were players that, that had it back then. But 70 is good because that's when the Steelers were actually, you know, decent. So, And, and when I say decent, that's meaning uh, from 1970 on because they, they had to get rolling. And by 72 on, boom, there you go. Um, so we had a, had a season with 11 in 1975. There are two seasons in there where a player had eight. 1993 with Rod Woodson and 1973 with Mike Wagner. When you look at the six, sorry, the, six, the sevens, so there, there was no nines and no tens. It went from 11 down to eight. Then you get where there's a number of players that had sevens. You had Lee Callahan in 1970. You had Jack Ham with seven in 1972. You had Darren Perry with seven in 1994. You had Palomalu with seven in 2010 and in 2008. And you had Donnie Shell in 80 and 84, and then Willie Willem Williams in 1995. So that's that's those. Then you get into the sixes that go along with the Minka Fitzpatrick. There's a lot of players that had six. For example, Mel, Mel Blunt did uh, three times, 76, 77, and 81. He had six interceptions all those years. Tony Dungy in 1978 had six interceptions. Glenn Edwards had it in 76 and 73, Minka this year, Jack Lambert twice in 81 and 79, Darren Perry in 92, um, John Rouser in 1973 had six interceptions, Mike Wagner did it in both 72 and 80, uh, Sam Washington in 1984, and Rod Woodson in 1996. So that's the company that comes in there with Mickey Fitzpatrick. So where am I going to rank him? I'm not going to rank him towards the top. He's still got a lot of years to play. But, I mean, if he can start putting together multiple years with at least five interceptions and start stringing them together and, and you know, giving you like a, a Donnie Shell or a Mel Blunt, that's when I'll start putting him up there. He's got time to really move up this list. He's not there yet, but there's still a lot to be played there with one Minka Fitzpatrick. All right, I'm going to get to this other question because this one isn't, I don't know, if we go over, eh, we go over. This is the other one from Brian. He says, TJ Watt is a beast, and we know with sack numbers. Where does he rank in Steelers pass rushers with his other stats like tackles, tackles for lost, interceptions, etc.? So here's the problem when you go to look at these kind of things. First he said, where does he rank in Steelers pass rushers? That's really tough because – 
it was 1982 when the Steelers went switched from a 4-3 to a 3-4. So you're talking about looking at different pos- positions. So what I decided to do is I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to look before 82. I'm not going to do it because it's just – it's just kind of difficult because linebackers were different then. And I was trying to filter out inside linebacker versus outside linebacker because then, because you're not talking about pass rushers, everything. Then you're talking about defensive ends and, and just the, the trickiness of it there. But there's also more to it than that. Not all of these stats, especially with pro football reference, go back all that far. For example, you know, sacks, they, they, even though they weren't an individual statistic until I think 83, 82 or 83, they went back and, and retroactively assigned sacks to players all the way back to 1960 is what they've done at Pro Football Reference. But if you want to look at something like tackles for loss, that only goes back to 1999. Tackles only goes back to 1987. And um, quarterback hits, that's, that's, the, that's the recent one. That goes into 2006. And then if you look at the passes defense, that's also another 1999, along with tackles for loss. So when you look at some of these stats, you have to take them, you know, based on how long they've been keeping track of them. Now, if you want to look at interceptions, that goes back a, a really long way. I was, I'm trying to, to even figure that out. Um, interceptions goes back to 1940. So, so that, that wouldn't be a problem. So if you look at interceptions of, of, of Pittsburgh linebackers, and I'm saying from 1982 on, that's just what I'm going because that's when they changed to the 3-4. If you talk about interceptions, you've got a, a number of them, but you got to remember a lot of these guys were, were they outside linebackers? Well, the one that has the most is one that's listed. You know, some of them, they just say linebacker. So you're like, well, where did they really play? So how about the most being 15 from 1982 to 1993 of one Brian Hinkle had 15 career receptions? Uh, I'm just going to tell you the linebackers, regardless of their inside or out in that time, so you can you can decide. Lawrence Timmons, you know, inside. 12. LeVon Kirkland, inside. 11. Mike Merriweather. Mike Merriweather, that's I'm, you know I'm trying to remember because that's that's way back in the day. I'm fairly certain that's outside. From, I mean, unless he varied throughout his career. But Mike Merriweather had 11. Joey Porter had 10. David Little had 10. Greg Lloyd had 10. James Ferrier eight. Shazier, um, Ryan Shazier seven. James Harrison seven. T.J. Watt six. So there's where the interceptions are when it comes to linebackers. And not all of them are, are, are pass rushers um, to, to really define that. Um, so we look at that one. Let's, let's look at the tackles for loss. Now, remember, tackles for loss, that only goes back to 1999. But going back to 1999, T.J. Watt's second on the list with 88. Who's he behind? James Harrison with 122. So James Harrison, 122. T.J. Watt. 88, James Ferrier, 82, Joey Porter, 75. That just gives you an idea where, where those stand. If you want to talk just tackles, total tackles, um, like I said, this goes back to 87. Um, inside linebacker James Ferrier has over 1,000, 1,085 um, is, is what he has um, while, while with the Steelers. Timmons was next with 983. 
you know, another inside guy, Levon Kirkland, another inside guy, 849. Then you got James Harrison with 775. Greg Lloyd was 777, sorry, 727, almost mixed up my digits there. Uh, Larry Foote with, with 636. Earl Holmes with 546. Jason Gilden with 507. Vince Williams with 479. You got to keep going. Because you know you got Joey Porter with with four sixty eight, Hardy Nickerson with four twenty six, and uh, that scene. And even with Nickerson, I I no, I think he was right there where all of his would have counted. And then T.J. Watt with three hundred and thirty three tackles. Um, so that's just one of those things to remember. So he's really got. I mean, my my goodness, to to get to James Harrison, he's not even halfway there. So that's. That's that one. All right, let's go quarterback hits. Now, remember, quarterback hits, that's only since 2006. Only since 2006. That would be T.J. Watt with 162. Then it's James Harrison with 142, but you've got to remember, not all of his years would have been involved there. So who knows where they would have been. Uh, Then it's Lamar Woodley, Lawrence Timmons, Bud Dupree. I mean, my goodness, Alex Highsmith is ninth on this list. Um, with only three years for the Steelers because it only goes back through 2006. And then let's go ahead and knock out passes defense. I just want to do that. Remember, this is only through 1999. The difference with this is for inside linebackers, most of these are actually knocking down the pass as they are defending the receiver. When it comes to edge rusher, well, that could still be the case because they could drop into coverage. A lot of these are going to be knocking them, batting the ball down which would be batted passes. Don't, don't, there's not a difference between them here. But uh, T.J. Watt's fourth on that list since 1999. Uh, James Furry is first with 53. Lawrence Timmons is next with 43. Joey Porter, 42. And T.J. Watt, 37. So there's some of those statistics when it comes to T.J. Watt. I wish I could do better, but some of these advanced ones only go back so far. So when you say all-time franchise and things like that, I, I, I just can't do that. It is what it is. So that's the best I could do. But that's really just some good, fun information. Um, speaking of good, fun information, I'm ready to answer more questions. I am ready for them. Please fire them off to me on Twitter at STLRSuperFanDad or email STLRSuperFanDad at gmail.com. Whew. All right. And I am excited um, to, uh, for tonight's Steelers preview. Always enjoy my time with uh, Jeff and Brian and uh, – for those of you that listened last week to hear that uh, our podcasts, if you're only a stat geek, if you're only a nerd of steel, one of the nerds of steel, and this is the only one you listen to, uh, don't, don't want you to be caught off guard because, um, our, our network is going to be changing names here at the beginning of March. SB Nation was no longer supporting podcasts. So uh, the po- our podcasts are just moving on from SB Nation. We're still coming at you. And and your subscription or anything you subscribe to where you get our podcast, uh, we should still be there. It's just going to – it's not going to say behind the steel curtain. It's going to say something else. And uh, if all goes well by tonight, we should be uh, telling you what that's going to be. So make sure you t- tune into that. And if you have any more – you know, curious about, oh, oh wow, not with SP Nation, what's going on? Brian, Jeff, and I did an audio-only podcast. It was last Thursday. It was a week ago. Wait, last Friday, We because it was after the preview. Um, so I'm, I'm getting my days mixed up. So you can always go back and check that out. That was just a short thing. It was it was less than 10 minutes to explain it. So uh, you can check that out if you have any more questions. And, uh, man, I'm just, I'm just ready. I'm ready to roll into the free agency. I'm ready to roll into the draft. Then we're getting into – and before we know it, it'll be OTAs 
And I'm, you know, bring on summertime, bring on training camp. Yeah, I know. The Super Bowl hasn't even happened yet. And I'm talking training camp. That's just because I wanted to get here. So, whoo, thank you very much, Nerd to Steel. And as I always say to finish these up, thanks for geeking out with me.